Welcome to PSO in the Know, the podcast series that puts a spotlight on the impact of psoriasis. Together, and one PSO story at a time, we'll let people with psoriasis know they're not alone and encourage them to speak up and seek the help they deserve. I'm Cindy Lauper, and I was diagnosed with psoriasis in 2010. As a performer, this chronic condition took an immense toll on me when I was working, and I used my passion for fashion to hide my flare-ups. I met with several doctors and tried various treatments, but my symptoms just kept coming back. After working with my doctor, I discovered a treatment that works for me, and I got back to performing live again, which was pretty tough when my psoriasis was at its worst. I believe it's time to lift the curtain on psoriasis and set the stage for change. Join me. Hi, this is Cindy Lauper. Welcome back to PSO in the Know. This week, we are getting to know Jared Marroquin. Jared is an essential worker. He works as a welder in Ohio, where he lives with his three kids and stays active, coaching his boys' sports team, working on roofs as a side job, and playing softball, all while managing his psoriasis Jared, thank you for joining me today. How you doing? I'm great, Cindy. How you doing? I'm good. Cindy, can I ask you one question, please? Of course. Are you a Yankees fan? You know, yes. <sighs> thank you so much, because I am a diehard Yankees fan, and if you would have said the Mets, it would have really made this interview bad. No, I, li- I love them <laughs> both, because I'm from Queens. And, you know, when the Mets made the World Series when I was really small. I wasn't small. I was like, what grade? Fifth grade, sixth grade. I don't know. And we were all so excited, you know, but in those days, you know, subway series was really a subway, like, you know, everybody took Mm -hmm. the subway now. It's, uh, you know, but yeah, I, I like the Yankees and I like the Mets too. Sorry. No, (laughs) I'm from Queens. That's fine. As long, as long as you like the Yankees, that's all that matters. (laughs) (laughs) I do. For for our audience, let's get to know you a little bit. Where did you grow up? I was born and raised here in Fremont, Ohio. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. And and what was your very first job? If you weren't a welder, what job or profession would you want? That's the second my, hand. My first real job I ever had was uh, I worked for a local roofing company, and I worked there for about four years. So you're an experienced roofer. Wow. Yeah, I, okay. I worked for a company for them. And then ever since, even since I left there, I've never stopped doing roofs. I've I've always done them in some form or fashion, family, friends, you know, I even see. side work, mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. And and if you if you had a profession, what would it be like if, if you weren't a welder who you would be a roofer? No, um, I didn't know. I've done enough of it to know that that's not something I want to do every day. <laughs> Um, the money's nice, but at the same time, it, it's very hard labor. Some people yeah. don't realize how hard it is, you know, it's oh, no. for a daily task. And, uh, and my dad, he's got a bad back and I always look at that and I just always tell myself, find something that's not going to make you be like that when you're older. So I try to get a- away from the roof as much as I can. I've been, uh, getting into the house flipping business here lately. I just did my first one. So I'm hoping that gets me away from doing roofs. House flipping. Okay, house 
flipping business. I see. Yeah, I just I recently bought a house, fixed it up, sold it. I bought a new one. We're living in it, and my game plan is to do it again, and and hopefully that gets me away from having to do roofs on the side. That's what what my point was to get away from torturing my body. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good idea. (laughs) It's a very good idea. And do you have with all the things that you can do? Do you have a hidden talent? Um, I, I wouldn't say hidden talent. No. Um, I, I just work hard and I, and I have the mentality that, uh, I, I can do anything. You know, if I put my mind to it, I, I didn't know how to weld. I taught myself how to do that. I didn't really know how to roof. I walked in there not knowing anything and I learned how to do that. Um, the only thing that I, that I do do that I don't really brag or tell anybody about is I draw, but I've, I've never taken it seriously. And sometimes I think I should. My, my cousin, uh, does it like uh, self-contracting he draws comic books people hire him just to draw so sometimes he makes me be like man maybe i should have took that a little bit more seriously <laughs> well you you could still draw the idea of drawing is um it gets your mind off of things and it's just what you're drawing on the page one exercise was probably your your cousin is it your cousin would tell you is that you can just look at your hand and don't look at the paper and draw your hand what you're mm-hmm. seeing. That's always mm-hmm. a good exercise. And the more you draw, the more your hand-eye coordination with what goes on that paper gets better and better. And since you do, you know, welding and make shapes and, you know, you're involved in a creative kind of thing that drawing might suit you and also soothe you. <laughs> I always look for things that kind of soothe me, you know, and, and yeah, I believe that you keep learning in life. It doesn't stop. And, and as uh, I was taught a couple of years ago, you change the world when you change your mind. So your mind has to be, you know, feed it, <laughs> learn new things every day, you know, and um, so, Jared, can you um, can you tell me um, when you were first diagnosed with psoriasis? Um, I'm I'm looking at um, I I'm probably just around seven years that I've been dealing with it altogether now. Um, I wasn't technically diagnosed with it till about two or three years into it. I had it for about two or three years before I was properly diagnosed with it. Yeah. Doesn't it stink? You get it later on. Like you think yes. you get yeah. it like, yeah, I know. Yeah. It's horrible. And, and my sister has it. She always had it in her head nowhere else. And that's what she always says it was, but she was never properly diagnosed. So I always never technically knew what it was until I had a biopsy and really had it checked, you know? Oh, that's awesome. So, what happened? Had you find this doctor? You, you found a person that knew about psoriasis. That was lucky, huh? I first started out um, going to a doctor near me. And uh, mind you, I got to take work off every time I go to see this doctor. And then um, I have to take every topical that he asked me to take. And it, it just racked up a lot of money. I went about two years of doing that process. Um, this specific dermatologist never um, gave me a biopsy, kind of refused that to, to say it was psoriasis because I had suggested it once because of what my sister was going through and uh, just 
ne- never really took it, never took psoriasis as, as a thing. And um, I left his office after two years of dealing with it, you know, a lot of money spent into it, a lot of time. Like, And as I said, the stress is growing because my spots are growing. So, you know, yeah. you get mentally, you're, you're wore down from it. it. It's stressful and stress doesn't help it. It makes it worse. So everything's just getting worse. And uh, in the last last ditch at, at trying to find something to work, I went to a different dermatologist. And uh, within the first time I seen her, she was like, that's psoriasis. I know for a fact, but she was like, in order to make sure that we can get you the medicine and make sure your insurance is going to, you know, um, allow you to get it and not deny you. She said we should do a biopsy. They numb the skin. They take a little piece of the skin. They test it. And then now you're officially diagnosed with psoriasis. So it ended up working. And she was very educated on medicines and started telling me about injections and all these other options for psoriasis with high clearance rates that I've never heard for the first two and a half years of having it. I didn't even know that it was an option. As sometimes I think people are afraid to go to the doctor and they don't like medicine. And I understand that. Um, mm-hmm. And there's many ways, but whoever you go to, you have to go to somebody. You can't, it doesn't go away. And, mm-hmm. you know, unfortunately, you know, some people don't take care of it. And the thing is, it's an inflammatory thing. So it could affect other parts of your body. Inflammation. Yes. It seems to be a big thing nowadays. Everybody has this inflammation, you know. Um, Jared, um, what are the things that you wish that people knew about? psoriasis because you have been kind of with all the stuff you do you are kind of an advocate for people that you see with psoriasis you always speak to them and you know want to just explain to us some of the things that you wish people were aware of our biggest problem is anybody with psoriasis is a lot of times you have no idea what's wrong with you. So pretty much you're you're hoping that you're going to land a doctor like I did and not the first one I had. So that's scary in itself. But at the same time, it's also um, making sure that we, as, as people know, that there is options when this comes. Because there's, you know, when you get to the point where I was after seeing the first doctor where I thought I had no options, I, man, I... It was a terrible feeling thinking like, oh, these spots are going to keep getting worse and, and there's nothing I can do. Like, you know, I, I went and seen a dermatologist for two years and, and and it was worse than when I first went. So, like, I was really, you know, it, it was a, it's a mental it's a mental burden on you when you when you feel defeated by something. You don't even really understand what it is. And, and, and then you finally go to the, somebody who's supposed to be able to help you or tell you and you, you don't get nothing. Well, it's not, it's not like I think it's done on purpose. I think that, as I said, when I first started talking to you, that these, there are dermatologists who specialize in different things, and it's always best to find a dermy who specializes in psoriasis. There's a lot of explaining I had a lot of ex, expl, explaining I had to do, whether it would be outside of work or within work. Because when when I got to my worst state of psoriasis, I did have it in my hair, in my head. I mean, 
and it looks yes. just like dandruff. It itches, and, yeah. and when you itch, you have flakes everywhere. And yeah. multiple people are telling me like, "Oh, you got dandruff," and you know, workplaces, your friends, everybody loves to make jokes. So I had a lot of jokes directed my way, you know, and a lot of explaining you have to do to try to say like, "No, that's it's not contagious. It's not a disease." Well, it is a disease. But it's not a disease that you can catch. Uh, yes, correct. Exact. Yes, I should. Yeah. And there's 8 million of us who have yeah. psoriasis. So, um, you know, what was when you grew up? So no one when you grew up had it except your sister. Well, not to my knowledge. I mean. For all I know, my dad could have had it, but he's never been diagnosed with it. He's never told me he's had it. Same for my mother. So I've never heard from either one of them that they have had it. I don't know if anybody, you know, beyond them has. But the only one that's consistently had it since I was, since, since I've been growing up is my sister. And now since I've had it, we all know she does have that for a fact. When you had your worst flare, was it at work or was it at home? Or and who was your biggest support? Mm. Like who helped you? Just that one doctor? Ah oh, man, uh, when I when I had it at the at the worst of the worst, it was actually a bad time in life. Uh, I, I'm one of Usually, three children. It's stress related too. Yes, it gets yes, worse. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm one of three children. We were all born and raised here, but my dad's originally from Texas. My mom's mm-hmm. originally from Tennessee. Um, uh, when I was like 19 years old, my mom, my dad, my sister, and my brother all moved away. And I was uh, like 19 with my first and only child. And my whole immediate family that I lived with my whole life all moved away. So I Ooh. think that that was kind of that stress point where it started, you know. See, and yeah. then uh, within like, like I said, within like that five-year period, six-year period, towards the end of that, that's when the psoriasis kicked in after four or five years of them all being gone. And I think that that's where all my, my major stress kicked in. It was really hard being here without them. Not on top of that, raising my daughter and everything else that came with that, you know, I was fresh mm-hmm. out of high school. So that, I, I think that's where it all kind of kicked in. And then all of a sudden towards the end of that, boom, I got psoriasis out of nowhere and and it's bad. And then I also don't have nobody really there to even talk about it with. Um, oh, that's, my sister that's- had came back to visit. Mm-hmm. And she is the one that told me about, she thought it was psoriasis. She was the first person I ever even think that what I had was psoriasis. And it, it had started a little spot on my leg. And to this point, it was all over my leg. It was on my elbows. It was all over my head. It was spreading at a rate that I couldn't even keep up with. Um, I have a lot of tattoos. <laughs> I pay a lot of money for the tattoos. I know, but it messed them up, huh? Yeah, ruining all. So like, I'm, you know stressed out did it ruin them though really it didn't ruin them but i mean when it when they were when it was in the thick of it like it was really bad like it really made my tattoo look bad now that everything's gone my tattoos look fine so i don't want any people out there with tattoos to think that you're screwed but like i'm just saying in my mental state i have all this stuff going on so i was super stressed out and then uh when my sister told me about it that was probably the most relief i had because i finally felt met somebody that related acknowledged what i had you know what i mean and so she helped me out she was a big advocate for me and she kind of pushed me to go and and go look for different dermatologists which ended up being all the difference for me so my sister was probably the biggest advocate for me because she she felt she knew what i had 
And you know, Jared, thing that I learned, because I had it, I was famous, and I felt like, oh my gosh, you know, uh, <laughs> I was, you know, embarrassed. And everybody's like, oh, you should show it, you know. I'm like, yeah, no, thank you. Um, my head was a mess. I even, I, my stylist got me a shirt that was, um, had specks in it. So when my dandruff fell, you couldn't see the difference between my dandruff and the specks of the design on the shirt. Man. So it was, yeah, God bless her. She's always been great, but it really helped me. That's somebody so, who's supporting you right there. Yeah. But see, the whole thing is when you have this stuff, you got to talk to somebody. When yeah. I spoke to the national people, I met these people from the National Psoriasis Foundation and I met other patients. And yes, you feel like when you have it, you feel isolated. I felt like a little disgusting. I didn't want to talk to anybody. And mm -hmm. I, I thought at one point I could, it was stress related. I'll just rest a lot. And it just spread everywhere. So yep. that didn't work. So finding the right doctor and talking to these people and these other patients, the one thing I came away with, Jared, was you can't give up hope. Somebody who you go see may not know what they're doing with what you have, but that doesn't mean you don't advocate for yourself and find someone that does. And if you, if, if you have some kind of rash like that, that it looks like psoriasis or is psoriasis, or you're not sure, you should find someone who specializes in skin rash or psoriasis so that you can get options like you did. And, and you know, the thing is, we're, the medicine keeps growing and changing and getting better and better. I mean, they haven't found a cure yet, unfortunately, but still, we've come a long, long way, you know? Oh, for sure. That, I don't, that's, that's one thing anybody who listens to this can be encouraged by. Like 30 years ago, there was way different options compared to what we have now where we're, 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 there's a, well, I'm sure you can attest to it of about how far psoriasis oh, yeah. medicine has come from the first time you dealt with it until now. So in information, education is so important. And that's kind of why we're doing this podcast so that more people can listen and figure out what the heck, you know, what, what they need to do. Um, you know, I wanted to ask you, because I'm a parent too. Uh, and when I saw my kid get it, it really, I felt so bad that I, like, I gave that to him. But as a parent, I mean, how do you cope as a parent when you have a flare-up with psoriasis? Well, I've been, I've been lucky enough where I haven't had a major flare-up. Um, I'm going on maybe a, a year and a half I haven't had a major flare-up. But you know, I, I do know now since I've had it, been diagnosed and educated myself on it, that it is hereditary. And there's probably a good chance one of my three kids, if not all of them, will get it. So I made sure that I sat them down and explained. Because, you know, my, my you know kids are kids. that You could tell that they're just staring at your leg, you know. So I made sure I sat them down and told them what it was. And let them know that, look, you know, there's a chance that down the road you guys may have this. And it's not a big deal. There's there's ways to cope with this. It's, it's 
Don't ever let this bring you down. If you ever think you have it, you just come to me. We'll figure it out. So hopefully their experience with it will be different than mine, you know? Well, of course, because you have experience and you can support them. Support is so important. Yeah. Um, what what advice would you give people recently diagnosed with psoriasis? To hang in there. And and, and uh, if you're recently diagnosed and that's your that's your first step in the door to, to help and you actually get some some true results on on making that problem, at least, you know, somewhat go away. Well, I, I, <laughs> I was such a, I, I almost was like a big baby because I was so inflamed everywhere. I couldn't regulate my body temperature. I couldn't really go out because I was always really freezing or really mm-hmm. hot. And so mm-hmm. I was like, yeah. okay, I'm a pain. Nobody wants to hang with me. But what, you know, I, I cried, you know, I just thought, oh my God, what if I have this forever? You know, (laughs) you know. And that's another thing some people need to understand that all conditions are are, are different, are going to vary from person to person. Like some people might only have it on a smaller scale, but in a lot of places, either way, nobody feels good about it, you know, and there's options to start a plan to help it. I know you don't. The thing is not to give up and to realize that information is power. Get as much information as you can. Find the doctor who has the most options. And always remember when you go to the doctor to take that little pad with you, write your questions down and always start with, doctor, can you help me? Can you tell me my options? Yes, I like that idea because... um, like I was going in there blind back when I went to the first doctor. Had I maybe educated myself on what potentially I was dealing with could have been, maybe psoriasis would have been on my list. Maybe with that would have been something I would have brought up to him, you know. Well, if you spoke to your sister, she might have right. told you or someone else who had it. But the problem is nobody really talks about it. Well, who the heck wants to, you know? Yes, but yes. Thing That's is, another thing, you know, like, like kind of like back when I had it, it was on my leg real bad. So I wore jeans. You know, because it just mm-hmm. it made it go away. Except you know. for like if you scratched and then you got up and there was like a whole bunch that looked like oh. salt or sand on the floor. Like, yeah. oh, my all, God. All in my no. sock. I, I was there. All in my sock. <laughs> <laughs> it's horrible. Anyway. Yeah, terrible. Let's take it on the upbeat now. What song can't you resist singing along in driving in your car, especially with your kids? Um. Pretty much any Bruno Mars song. I don't right? I like okay. him. I really like Bruno Mars. Anytime he puts out one of his big hits and they come on the radio, I I can sing them all. And I do usually. Well, that's cool. Singing always <laughs> makes you feel better. It so, does. It really does. Um, What advice would you give your younger self? Which I think you even said to me a couple of things that, is kind of like what you would have said to yourself, like, don't give up and, you know, but what would you have said to yourself growing I would up? Tell my, I, I, I uh, was under the impression when I, when I, I had a child straight out of high school, like by the time I was, I grad, I turned 18 at the beginning of my senior year. So like when I turned 19, I wasn't that far out of high school. So, um, and I, and I had the whole big mind state, oh, you got a kid on the way you got to go to work and you got to do this. And, and I was accepted to, 
the local college. I had I had plans of, of stuff I wanted to do. I would have told myself, like, you know, don't give up on that. I could have did that and still been a good father all at the same time and probably made a better way of life for myself to be patient and to um, educate myself, educate yourself a lot more about anything, really, whether it's through conversation or whether it's through books. It doesn't matter. I feel like uh, educating yourself is, is a huge tool that I'm going to promote from here on out. <laughs> well, you know, Jared, you could, you're still very young and you could go to back to school at one point, even if it's night school. Mm-hmm. It might make you feel good, you know? I'm actually in the process of uh, maybe tackling that goal. I just you're, spoke with somebody today, actually. <laughs> there you go. You're only 34. Yeah, you know? I know. I mean, that's, trust me, I've been trying to eat that own advice I just said. <laughs> wow. It was a pleasure speaking with you, and you sound like a wonderful guy, and um. I know that people say, oh, you're an essential worker. And there's a lot of things that you do. But I just want you to know that I appreciate the work that you do. And um, I just want to say thank you. Well, I, really, I truly appreciate that. Um, that you, know, um, you, don't, you don't get it too much to hear people actually take the time out of their day to say that and when you do i truly truly appreciate it um i also want to thank you for what you're doing i think uh this cause that you're backing up and getting behind you don't have to there there's plenty of other things you can be doing and uh hopefully if it i don't care if it just helps a hundred people um whoever this helps um we owe, we owe it all to you as anybody dealing with psoriasis well not me alone it's a lot of us <laughs> All right. Well, I wish you continued success and I hope you do get back to school because as you said, you have it in your mind that you could do anything, which you can, if that's what's in your mind. Because when you change, you change the world when you change your mind. That's what Harvey Firestein taught me. <laughs> and it's true. It makes, it makes a ton of sense. It absolutely does. Um, I uh, wish the same for you as well, and uh, hopefully we'll talk soon. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today on PSO in the Know, sponsored by Novartis. You can listen to more episodes at psointhenow.com.